Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. I am so excited for today's podcast because I'm looking forward to enjoying a good laugh. My special guest and daughter, Sarah Bjork, has a gift for finding humor in every situation. This gift brings joy into our home, and I'm so grateful that she's willing to be here with me today to share some of that joy with you. Welcome, Sarah. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Happy to be here as well. Oh, thank you. What story are you going to share with us today? I'm going to share a real-life experience that I had when I went country dancing for the first time. Did not go well, but it makes for an entertaining story. I love this story. I am so excited. Take it away, Sarah. This story is entitled Country Danger Because Accuracy. I'll be there to pick you up in a few minutes. My mind drew a blank. Pick me up for what? Curious, I scrolled back through our various tech messages and gasped. I have this wretched habit of blocking my own memory when I want to forget something. It's sort of a psychological defense against scarring my brain from unwanted information. Like that one time I accidentally walked into a men's public restroom. This brainwashing tactic has kept my innocent mind free from the cumbersome burdens of unsightly images, as well as foul memories I'd like to burn. However, unfortunately, it also liberates my thoughts from futuristic events, like today. My cousin Taylor, upon hearing that I had never before been country dancing, decided that my life required instant rectification. She grabbed both my shoulders, stared me in the eyes with deep determination, and demanded that I go. Fearful of what would happen should I refuse, I swallowed hard and grunted a muffled acceptance. She gave a curt nod and let go. That was a week ago. A whole seven days for my brain to crumple up the memory into a thin wisp of the past and shove it out of sight. I cursed to myself and leapt off the couch. I stood there, mouth agape, rocking back and forth on the balls of my feet. I had never been dancing before and didn't know the first thing about what to do. Should I wear yoga pants? Shorts? Gym jams? I figured the most appropriate thing would be to wear jeans, but the only pair I owned were a thousand years old and would rip at the slightest tug. A fleeting image of a large hole in my pants made me flinch. Frozen in indecision, those few minutes I had to prepare ticked away, leaving me in the exact same position when I heard a knock at the door. Taylor stood beaming at me, her face the perfect picture of jubilation. She looked stunning in a pair of light blue jeans, of worn cowboy boots, and a flowing blouse that played well with her slim figure. Her hair had been neatly curled away from her face, showing off stunningly simple makeup. Let's go! She wrapped her fingers around my wrist and jerked me out the door. She would have dragged me to her car had I not pleaded for mercy based on the fact that I wasn't even wearing shoes. Ah, shoes. See, that's the next problem. I bow to another terrible habit that bites me on occasion. I very much dislike spending money. It takes a stupid amount of time and effort to get those paper bills, and I'm certainly not going to toss them to the wind for any nonsensical reason. Thus, all of my purchases must have a legitimate purpose. If I don't have a use for the thing, I'm not going to buy it. Shoes, for example. I have only two pairs, one for exercise and one for everything else. The everything else shoes happen to be simple black flats that just so happen to be a little bit too big for me. I bought them at the DI, and I didn't care that the fit wasn't perfect because the price was so agreeable. So I flop my days about in shoes that make me look a bit like a duck with overly large flippers. <laughs> Hurried, I slipped my feet into the worn flats and tossed open my closet, searching for anything that looked even slightly cowboy-like. A bright orange flannel shirt caught my attention. I had to chuckle to myself when I pulled it out. It was a maternity shirt that my sister had left here accidentally the last time she came to visit. It was flannel, though, so it fit. I threw it over my head, forgetting that I still hadn't removed the shirt I was already wearing. Frazzled, I ripped both off again and ribbled my arms through the patterned sleeves. It was way too big for me. I laughed when I saw my reflection. To add to the general splendor of my appearance, I wore painted stained yoga pants and a bright yellow flower clip that locked my hair into a messy bun. Whoa! Attractive! <laughs> my brain also speaks to me. It's sarcastic. I giggled at the notion that anyone would dare ask me to dance when I looked such a spectacle, but decided that was a good thing because I didn't know how to anyway. Snatching my purse from off its hook, I fled the premises, already apprehensive. 
The place itself was one large room simply decorated with nothing. Colorful lights flashed in the ceiling giving it an almost disco-like feel. Music blared from overhead speakers, beating the room into rhythmic chaos. Couples spun across the blank hardwood floors, spinning and twisting with sharp focused movements. The women plastered their faces with makeup and wore brightly colored clothing that swished around them as they moved. Each man seemed confident in heeled boots and embellished hats. To my unpracticed eyes, it looked like a bunch of flustered birds flapping through an ancient <laughs> mystic feeding ritual. Taylor bounced into the fray, pulling me along with her. I felt several pairs of eyes linger on me as I weaved through the throng. Hot blood rushed to my face, the red hue contrasting horrifically against the orange of my shirt. I hadn't danced a step and I already felt my forehead begin to perspire. Taylor stopped in front of a tall young woman holding the hand of a very muscular gentleman. The two women were obviously friends and took a minute to catch up before turning to me. I felt the tall girl's gaze cut across my general appearance with an air of pity. The man had already been giving me similar looks this whole time, but I pretended not to notice. They were all just jealous. No one but yours truly can leave the house looking like Discount Elton John and make it look this good. Mm-hmm. Read it and weep, suckers. This is her first time. Taylor whispered the words behind her hand conspiratorially. The two strangers made cooing noises at me as if I were a baby taking my first steps. Several snide comments slipped to the tip of my tongue, but I bit them down, nodding a greeting instead. The couple decided that as the new foundling that I was, they needed to demonstrate every dance mood they had ever seen in their lives, including all the professional flips and tosses. Though this was meant as a kind gesture, I felt utterly overwhelmed by the sudden flurry of motion and downright terrified that some guy might toss me over his head. I made up an excuse to escape and darted in the opposite direction. I figured the safest place would be to hide behind a garbage can, or something, but Taylor caught me. Come, dance with my friend. She pushed me into someone's chest and I found myself tripping into the middle of the dance floor. I never did see the man's face. I was far too preoccupied staring at his feet to figure out where I was supposed to step. Anna looked up once to apologize to a neighboring man whom I accidentally elbowed in the ribs. Luckily for me, we began dancing near the end of the song, though, so my embarrassment only lasted a minute. Gratefully lumbering away from the man, I stumbled to the side of the room where I clonked headlong into a pillar. With both my forehead and pride burning, I rubbed at the tender wound and turned around to see the skinniest man I have ever laid eyes on. He looked as though a taffy maker had way too much fun stretching out his limbs. His elbows were easily twice the width of the rest of his arm, and his frame seemed dwarfed in the baggy t-shirt that he wore. When he held his hand out to me, I didn't know if he'd seen me collide at the pillar and was trying to give me a low high five, or if he was asking me to dance. Unsure, I gripped it in a handshake and introduced myself. He didn't say a word, but pulled me out onto the dance floor once again. I bumbled on behind him, shouting warnings over the din that I had never danced before. Whether he didn't hear me or chose not to respond, I'll never know, but he figured out what I was trying to communicate within seconds. The song had barely begun and I already stepped on his toes twice. He grimaced and tried to smile it off, but the pain in his eyes was evident. I attempted to apologize, but before I could do so, he spun me away from him and lost a grip on my fingers. I went spinning out of control and crashed between a neighboring couple, accidentally breaking them apart. I sputtered many sorries while trying to find the skinny man, and eventually found him craning his neck over the crowd in search of me. The next time he spun me, he held a death grip on my fingers and jerked me out so hard that one of my shoes flew off my foot and hit an elderly gentleman on the side of the face. My heart plummeted into my stomach. I tried to break free from the skinny little man, but he misunderstood my shaking as enthusiasm and started wiggling his arms in some sort of demonic jig, a toothy grin stealing over his face. No, I explained. I have to go find my shoe. What? He mouthed, leaning in closer to me. My shoe is in an old man's face! I shouted, screaming into his ear with much more gusto than I intended. He reeled back and just stared at me. Because he obviously wasn't getting it, I just made a beeline for the old man, dragging my skinny partner with me. The elderly dancer eyed me wearily as I made many apologetic gestures. He didn't seem to be in a very forgiving mood, but I'm sure neither would I if a shoe smacked me upside the head. Frazzled, I kinked at the waist and bowed several curt bows, hoping that it would entice some kind of positive response, but that effort only granted me a very odd look. 
More flustered now than ever, I shoved my foot back in my shoe and returned to the skinny guy who stood awkwardly at my hip. By now, the song had dwindled to its last few notes, which apparently means that all the men have to dip their partners. I'd never been dipped before, and so my body snapped into reflex mode. As most little girls do, I began the first few years of my life in a gymnasium studying gymnastics. Much like language and culture clings to children and soon become second nature, so at least did one of the gymnastic stretches, the back bend. Muscle memory rippled through my limbs as the skinny band bent me towards the floor. My hand shot above my head and thrust to the ground, landing a perfectly placed backbend. Of course, that wasn't what I was supposed to do, and my partner certainly wasn't expecting it. He stood over me with both arms wrapped awkwardly around my waist. Unfortunately, unlike muscle memory, flexibility does not stay with a person, leaving me stuck in a backbend in the middle of the floor, with my partner tugging on me furiously to stand up. I couldn't, however, and he was far too feeble to do the deed on his own. The other dancers had left the floor, leaving us an open view of everyone in attendance. Everyone. I eventually figured out that if I buckled my knees, I could sink to the floor, flop around on my belly, and from there crawl to a standing position. The whole ordeal left us both speechless, so we didn't bother saying goodbye, and merely left the scene in opposite directions. Taylor rushed to my side, her brow knit in concern. Are you okay? I gave her a thumbs up and winked. Oh yeah, I've always wanted to do that. Maybe she didn't sense my sarcasm, or perhaps she thought finding me another partner would solve all my problems. Whichever the case, I again found myself standing in front of a man, except this time I had at least met the guy briefly. He was the boyfriend of the tall friend Taylor had introduced me to when we first entered the room. He too had seen my little backbend episode and decided that under his careful care I couldn't possibly mess up. The man immediately jerked me into a lavish spin that required both my feet to leave the floor and spin around and around. I'm sure it was a darling technique that some make look graceful, but blast those darn shoes! Both went flying! One hit the wall and the other slid under several dancers in the middle of the floor. And once again, my partner failed to notice and I had to scream above the music that I no longer had any footwear. I scrambled to find them and eventually shoved them back on. I tried curling my toes in an effort to keep the silly things on, but the plan failed when a few spins later I again detached myself and snaked through the other dancers to find my shoes. I at last decided it wasn't worth the effort and chucked them to the sidelines, mentally determined to go buy a new, more fitted pair. Ryan, my partner, then decided that mere spinning wasn't nearly as fun as doing flips. Before I could barter for my safety, he had wrapped his arm under my knees and flung my legs over my head. Naturally, practice black belt that I am, I reacted by kicking out hard the moment my feet touched the ground. However, in the disoriented moment, I kicked nothing but empty air and lost my balance. I would have landed flat on my bum, but Ryan still had a good hold of my arm, enough to keep me suspended. Instead of defending myself, as it were, I ended up clinging to his arm while my slippery socks skidded to and fro in search of my balance, like a drunk spider trying to ice skate. When I at last regained my composure, Ryan chuckled and said he wanted to try something more complicated. I couldn't believe the man! Didn't it dawn on him that I was clueless? My stunned silence must have seemed to him the right time to act, so he picked me up and put me on his face. I kid you not. The man swung my legs to either side of his shoulder so that his head was directly oriented in front of my crotch. What I was supposed to do was swing one of my legs over to the same side as the other leg and then maneuver that leg under his arm. Then I was supposed to grip his hand while he spun around in a grand gesture. However, due to the fact that I'd never before heard nor seen such a move, I reacted as any normal being would. I clung on for dear life. Clasping my feet together, I pinched his head more tightly between my legs and lashed my hands in his hair, then let out a warrior cry of utter terror. The poor man. I can only imagine what thoughts must have pierced his mind when he found himself roaming wildly around a crowded dance floor with a girl sitting on his head. I bet he couldn't even breathe. He attempted explaining what I was supposed to do, but between the loud music, his muffled voice, and my constant screaming, I heard not a word. He began plucking at my legs to disentangle them from his face. He got a good hold of one of them and arced it over his head. Although great improvement to his circumstance, I felt the action did little to better mine. 
I then sat facing backwards over his shoulder like a parrot, only far less mystique. I grabbed his ears with my fingers and yelled all the more. Somehow he managed to snake a bicep between my legs so that my feet hooked above his shoulder. Then he started spinning. My grip on his ears broke free and I flew backwards towards the ground, my hands flailing above my head. Panicked, I clung to his arm with my feet hooked over his shoulder and my head pointed directly to the ground. I looked like a deranged monkey clinging to its mother. Ryan wasn't quite sure what to do with that, so he stopped spinning and tried to shake me off. There was no way I was about to let that happen, so I hung on all the more. It wasn't until then that I noticed a new song was playing. That meant that yet again the entire audience had observed my supreme dancing skills, or lack thereof. I'm not sure how long I clung there, latched upside down to the arm of the perfect stranger, but to me it seemed an eternity. I figured it out at some point, though, because I'm not there now. Never again. I promised myself, scuttling away. However, a few minutes later, my next dancing victim pulled me to the dance floor. I'm sure someone dared him to do it, but I didn't bother to ask questions. Instead, I poured all my energy and focus into following his every instruction. He was an older gentleman, perhaps a dance teacher of some sort, because he explained each move before he did it. Thank goodness the song wasn't as fast-paced as the others, and to my surprise, I didn't do all that wretched of a job. I only accidentally hit him in the face once. I felt so proud of myself that by the end of the song, I was near ecstatic with success. So when he dipped me, I flung one foot out with such enthusiastic vigor, only to feel it strike against something soft. <laughs> Leaning up, I saw to my horror a woman rubbing her backside. In my jubilation, I had kicked her squarely in the bum. All my remaining pride seeped through the floorboards. I am so sorry. I repeated over and over again, one hand covering my mouth, the other stretched towards the woman apologetically. The pulsing in my foot told me that the accidental kick wasn't just a gentle tap either. The woman shook her head at me and limped away, one hand rubbing the tender spot. After that, I pretended my ankle was broken for the rest of the evening. Despite it all, I enjoyed myself in a weird, thoroughly awkward sort of way. Totally scarred me for life, but hey, I've got quite the story to tell my grandkids. Yay for posterity. Oh wow, I wish I could have been there to see it in person. But having you share is the next best thing. Thank you for the laugh. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by William Thackeray. A good laugh is sunshine in the house. I'm so grateful to have sunshine in my house. And I hope sharing this with you brings sunshine to your house as well. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Music